Welcome to the 360 Serve podcast. Today, we are continuing our conversation with Barnabas, our movement leader from China. And we're going to hear some of the most important lessons he has learned over his years of ministry. I'm Mark Tyler, president of 360 Serve. It's great to have you with us. If you're listening, it's likely that you're a person who wants to make a great difference in the world with the gospel, but maybe you're not having the impact that you hoped you could. Maybe you've run into some of the common barriers that Americans face in trying to reach the world with the gospel, like the language barrier, not speaking that language, or the travel barrier, how are you going to get to that country, or the finance barrier, it's so expensive, I can't afford it, those kind of things. 360 Serve is about a new way to do missions, where we help you send indigenous church planters into full-time gospel ministry so that they can reach their own country for Christ. Today is the greatest turning to Jesus our world has ever seen, and the Lord is using indigenous church planters to lead the way. One of the things that's true about all of our lives is that God is always teaching us new lessons, right? As we go through life, we're learning new lessons. You know, when we meet people, when we encounter various circumstances, all of us are growing, all of us are learning. What are the lessons God has taught you over the years? What are the lessons God wants to teach you today? I believe you will be greatly encouraged by what you're about to hear as Barnabas reflects on the lessons God has taught him. Well, it's exciting to be together again today with Barnabas, our brother from China. Barnabas, we love you. We have just so uh, been encouraged by everything you've been sharing. And today we get to talk about something really exciting. And, you know, one of the privileges of being able to travel around the world and, uh, you know, as I have, as you have, Barnabas, and especially you throughout China, it's all, all the people you meet. And the times that God speaks to you so deeply, the lessons that you learn. And so we wanted just in this session, Barnabas, I just wanted to have you be able to share with our listeners, you know, those moments where God has taught you just powerful things that you keep with you because of, you know, your ministry uh, throughout China over the years. So we'd love to just have you spill out about that. Yes, I started full-time serving the house church in year 2000. And before that, I have started uh, three house churches in southern part of China. And I've been uh, bringing American and Canadian athletes to China, interact with the house church and mostly with the government churches. Until I fully worked with the house church, I started to understand why the church in China is growing. Before that, I have some interaction and a lot of times my mind is thinking, oh, this uh, Christian in China are suffering for the gospel and uh, they don't have enough training. They really need our help. Just within the first two months when I started fully working and teaching in the Bible schools and pastors seminars in China, I start to understand, no, what I think is absolutely wrong. I cannot help them. I have no power or knowledge to help them. I think I have better knowledge. I have better education. I have more money and I have more resources than they are. And I can help them to grow. And God just teach me through these humble pastors 
in China. No, 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 no. It, it is all about me. I mean, God told me. It is all about what God is doing in China. And the first important lesson I learned is prayer. When I grew up in my own church in Hong Kong, I became a Christian when I'm 15, and I'm on fire for the gospel. I learned the fifth spiritual law, the fourth spiritual law, and go out to share the gospel. And I also learned how to pray. Every Sunday at my church at the time, it's a small uh, fisherman and farmer's church in Taipo in Hong Kong at the time. Each Sunday, I devoted two hours in prayer in the afternoon at the church. And probably only seven to ten Christians will come together. We pray for the church, for the world, for Hong Kong at the time. Uh, we sustained this prayer meeting for one year, and I can see the growth of the church. And then later on, because I started working at the camp and Sindo camp and other ministries, so my time is devoted to to work. Spiritually speaking, I would say, oh, I'm very busy in ministry. And then I have less time in prayer. You know, Hong Kong is a busy city. And ministry at the camp is a long time, you know. Uh, when campus came, we served them like 24 hours a day. We worked 12 hours, sometimes 16 hours a day. So when you are so busy, I just have to confess that I don't have too much time in prayer. When I started to serve the house church in China, they wake up every morning in the training center. And I have to wake up like 4.30 with them together. I mean, to, for a person who lives in the city, who won't go to sleep, especially in Hong Kong, you, you only go to sleep when around 11 or even at midnight because you still have a lot of activities and meetings at church or with your friends, even at 8, 9 o'clock, even some 10, 10 o'clock, you still have, have friends' home talking. And then you get home at 11 and 12, you go to bed. So you wake up like 7 in the morning and you only get very little sleep. So I'm used to, to, to wake up and pray, but it's like five minutes prayer. But when I was the house church in China, I understand why the church in China is growing. Because they spend one and a half for two hours every day in the morning and in the evening to cry out to the Lord. I still remember many times I have nailed, I mean, they nailed down on the, on the knees to pray. And, you know, they don't have a prayer mattress to comfort their leaves. They just kneel down on the concrete floor or at the mud floor with stones coming up. And I started to learn to pray. I was kneeling down for two hours each every day if I was in the training center for five days. And you know, my leaves are, wow, not used to kneel down for two hours. And sometimes my mind cannot concentrate. I sometimes, honestly, I confess to the Lord, Oh, I hope this prayer meeting will end very soon. But they, they pray <laughs> for two hours. And I started to learn from them. So even this affects my whole ministry. Prayer is also meaning we put our burden, our leads, and, and pray, praise to our Lord every day. To praise Him for His provision and to trust Him for His provision. And for all these 20 some years when I served the Lord and when I started uh, my own ministry, 
10 years ago, it's all by faith. Why do I have this type of faith? My faith is not as big as my friends in China. But I started to really learn how to trust my Lord. And uh, prayer doesn't need to have plans. You just need to spend your time with Jesus and our Lord and listen to him. I, I see wonderful things happen when I pray. You know, a lot of times, even when I face my own staff or some pastors in China with some uh, difficult decision to make, like, for example, virtually, like 99% of the pastors uh, really carry their cause to follow Christ every day. But sometimes when I, I do find out that when I give out the support to them, I find out that there may be some lies there. There may be something they do not communicate well with me. And I take out the details and find out, okay, this is not right. And then I have to talk to them. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's very difficult. You want to build relationship and you don't want to, to cut the relationship. And you want to be constructive instead of destructive. So what can I do? What, what can I say? I pray to the Lord. I pray to the Lord, to Jesus. And I have to tell you, not exaggerating, almost every time, even every day right now, when I face these personal problems that I have to talk to the other guy, there is something wrong with him, with truth enough. When I pray, every time God already talked to them. And so when I set up a meeting with them, they will talk to me honestly. And God already solved the problem. I was afraid I will, you know, uh, they will hate me, they will, they will revenge, or they will continue to tell more lies and, and everything like that. You know, in management, this communication is always a problem. But when I pray to the Lord, God handle all the communication well. God directly speak to them. And I see the church in China is growing because they are more united in love. You know, we are all human beings. They, you know, sometimes their words will hurt each other. They have broken hearts. You know, sometimes they lie. Sometimes they do a lot of simple things too. You know, the church in China, the people are not perfect. But God has been listening to their prayer and they have, they are able to repent whenever God asks them to repent. Whenever they read the Bible through prayer, they, they really correct their path and follow Christ every day. The way of the cross is their glory. And I learned from them the lesson of prayer. Many women in the villages, they don't really, they don't really know how to read the Bible. But when I listen to their prayer, it is like angels singing, you know. I am from Hong Kong, and a lot of times, if you go to a church in Hong Kong, when we ask people to pray, you know, they are not fooling. It's like the word can every minute is very, very minimum. When they pray in public, I don't know in private, but when they pray in public, uh, it seems like they have to think about every word they want to, to say. I think they try to impress people instead of really praying out to the Lord because it's, it's a public prayer. They want people to have a 
good impression on him, how great their prayer is. I mean, this is not prayer. The church in China, even the uneducated, when they pray, they just cry out to the Lord. And because they pray so so many times a day, so long a day, I mean, they, they don't repeat. They don't repeat their sentence. They keep praying. Some of the ladies, they pray for half an hour, even without a full stop or comma in between. They just cry out to the Lord very fluently, and they just open their hearts. I was amazed by their prayer, and I learned from them. This is the greatest lesson I learned. And this is one of the strength, the biggest strength of the church in China. They don't have a five-year plan. They don't have a plan because it's very hard for them to plan because they are not doing fundraising. It is very hard for them because of the situation, because of the poverty in the villages, and because of the government uh, suppression to them. Even if they plan for a training, when the government come to wait them, your plan just falls apart and you can, you can do your training. That's why we have a training center in Southeast China. A lot of things in the situation in China, the church use prayer as a powerful, powerful tool to trust the Lord and let God lead the way. So prayer, prayer is very important. I learned a lot from from their prayers. Uh, I think the second thing I learned is also through their worship. I know Pastor Mark has been in many of the trainings with the pastors in China when they worship. It's like angels singing. You know, in Hong Kong, if you come to Hong Kong, most of the churches, well, yeah, of course, we, we sing two songs usually before pastor prayer and before the, the sermon. If you come to a church in Hong Kong, it's like a dead church because if there's 100 people show up in the, the worship sections, the worship leader, leaders sing, of course. And the congregation, I would say like 70% of them are not singing. Even you can see their mouth as such. I mean, they stand there unwillingly. I think they want to sit down. They don't want to stand up for 15, 30 minutes and listen to, to singing. And they, they don't sing themselves. It's not about singing. It is about worshiping. The church in China, everyone, you can see in their faces, sometimes they even dance, they hold up their hands. It's because they want to express their praise to the Lord. They cry out to the Lord. When they sing, the lyrics of the hymns really touch their heart. God is continue to be king of the kings. It really means to them, and they, they express themselves to worship the Lord. I think worship is one part. So every, every day in the morning for two hours, they, they will usually sing for half an hour, worshiping, and then they will pray for one and a half hour, especially in Bible schools, sometimes three hours every day. You know, sometimes in the West we'll think, okay, three hours of prayer. You are not teaching from the Bible. You are lear learning the language. I think this, this may be a wrong concept of a Bible training. If the students, if the pastors are really, really engaged in worship and prayer with the Lord, I think that's the best Bible training. We want to study the Bible because we want to understand the Word of God. And right now we can, we can directly 
talking to our lawful prayer and our worship, I think that's the best training. God, the Holy Spirit will touch our hearts in our prayers and worship. I remember a story at Shindo camp. That was like 30 years ago. I was like in the middle management. I was like the second most important man in the ministry at that time. And so one time I faced a staff problem. Uh, you know, we, we do everything at the camp. We be, we be at the counselor, we share one-on-one. If we can pitch, we will give a journalistic sermon. But we also cope, we clean the toilet and we sweep the floor. So one day in the morning, there's a young lady uh, who is on camp staff. She's sweeping the floor, but she stopped most of the time. The reason she stopped is she is talking to a camper. You know, she's sharing the gospel. She's always doing that, almost every day. When every other staff is sweeping, sweeping the floor, she'll switch a little bit. And then when the campers walk by, she'll stop her sweeping work and then share the gospel with the campers. So I went complaining to my boss, you know, the president of the camp. And I said, Okay, it's very hard for me to handle her because everybody is doing the work, sweeping the floor. We need to get this done by nine o'clock. And we have a time limit to do this because at nine o'clock, everybody needs to go to the chapel and, and we have uh, some work to do, some programs. Uh, but my boss told me that it is very easy to motivate people or you can push people to sweep the floor, give them the time limit. But if the heart is open to share the gospel, it is very hard to train. I mean, immediately get it. You know, it's true. When I'm busy, sometimes I don't talk about spiritual things. I, I don't, oh, this is something I need to do today, and it's a big job. I live four hours to finish this. I don't have time to go out and talk to people on the street or talk to others about spiritual matters or even share the gospel. But in China, they, they are obedient to the Lord. I mean, they can drop everything down, their own family, their work. And they're on, when I say on fire for the gospel, it's they, they grab every chance to share the gospel. I know several intellectuals who were professors in the U.S. A couple of years ago, they fly back to China. And we met in Hong Kong. And they become a Christian when they when they're in the U.S. After they become a Christian, I mean, uh, these two women, they are over 60 years old because they retired from their, their teaching work in the U.S. and went back to China. And they are on fire for gospel. So I, they asked me a lot of questions, how to talk to the family members about the gospel, because they said uh, they are from a good family. That's why they can be educated in the, in the West and then even become a professor and get a green card in the U.S., and uh, several years ago, they become Christian, and they were on fire. They said all the family members are government officials. Some are very high-ranked government officials. They're atheists. They don't believe in Christ. But when they become Christian, they want to share the gospel with their family members. And they told me that even when they're in, U- in the U.S., they use WeChat, they use Skype, and call their family members every day and share the gospel with them for one hour. So I said, if they are, I mean, they are your 
<clears throat> invite each family members there, your brothers and si- sisters, and even your mother. How do they feel? Do they really want to listen to you for an hour when you uh, talk about the gospel? It's boring. You are not gossiping or talking about funny stories. They said they have to. They are my family members. And um, they just on fire. They, they want to know how to reach out to them. And I just told them, you just pray for them. I just received a message uh, two weeks ago. Some of the family members of this, one of the professors, I mean, this Chinese professors, and uh, she's leaving near Beijing, and she said that, yeah, I prayed for them for more than a year, and one, just one of my brother, older brother, who's a strong communist, he become a Christian. I said, praise the Lord, keep praying, keep praying. And prayer is very important. And uh, on fire for the gospel to worship the Lord, let the Holy Spirit touch our heart. When the Holy Spirit pulls us out to share the gospel, we can't stop them. It cannot be teached. It's not from any books or theological books. It's directly from the Lord. And the Chinese are probably quite obedient to the Lord. I can learn. That's why they learn from them, because they, they, they are willing to sacrifice for the way of the cross for our Lord Jesus Christ. Many of the pastors, when they're in prison and they come out and I visit them, I ask them, how do you feel? How, how hard it is? In prison, they said, when I pray to the Lord, the Lord gives me the strength. I don't feel terrible. I have not too much to eat. I always feel hungry. But when I pray, God sustain me. I don't really feel hungry. My heart is still full of peace. I am not complaining. This is all from the Lord. I mean, this is amazing. This is amazing. I am afraid to be arrested and put in a prison in China. I really do not want that because I know I cannot face that. But when they told me that the Lord's power can sustain us, I know if one day I have to be in prison for the gospel in China, God will sustain me and give me the strength. But the way of the course is important. It's all talk about, everyone is talking about the way of the course in China because it's so difficult and they understand God is still exists. And God can give them the strength to share the gospel in China during these difficult times. These are the most important thing I learned. Of course, reading the Bible, understand the Bible, and really not just have the head knowledge, but really, really walking to follow Jesus Christ and listen to the Bible. The Bible teaches us what to do, and we really do it. Love each other, love our labor love our enemies. That's what the church in China, the Christian in China are doing. Wow, man, Barnabas, it's just great to hear you pour out like that. It just brings me back to so many experiences that I've had with our brothers and sisters in China. I remember back in 2001, our first trip that we shared together. And and I'll just never forget that moment when I first heard Chinese suffering Christians pray. And I literally burst into tears and just fell on my knees. I've never heard any Christians pray that way other than in China. And I've never heard any Christians pray that way since. 
except when I'm with our brothers and sisters. And, you know, I pray and I fast and, but I, I, I can tell you, I've never prayed once in my whole life, like the pastors pray in China. There's something about all the context, the persecution, the hardship, the victory, the total dependence on God, like you're saying, their obedience, their they're, they're what, the way of the cross, their willingness to sacrifice everything, to go to prison. There's something about that that just makes their faith glorious mm. and absolutely beautiful. Yes. And, and every time I'm around them, you know, you've heard me teach so many times, and I'm just mm-hmm. humbled by those moments. And I always say, I wish I could be at your feet and listening to you. I know they're there, you know, to hear the word of God. They want to learn, but I also want to learn. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I'm just so honored, you know, to be around these. Uh, there's nothing that I can offer them. We offer them God. We offer them our love, you know, and uh, Barnabas, I thank the Lord for you and how we can have the privilege of serving mm. the Church of China. And like you're saying, this is an incredible work of God. It's birthed of God. And God is growing his church in China in the midst of just this persecution, the difficulties, and yet it's glorious all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so, man, you've just brought me back to all these emotions and these experiences that we've had together. And uh, so I thank you, Barnabas, uh, for bringing this to light. And I believe that it's ministering and has touched each of those that God has appointed to hear this today. And it's going to be fascinating for me, and I'll probably never know, how uh, our listeners are going to apply what they've heard today to their own lives, their own ministries. And, uh, and, and so I thank you on behalf of all of us, Barnabas, for sharing what you have. Yeah. God bless you, brother. We love you. Mm. We love our brothers and sisters in China. And we're so glad we can partner together in the great work of God throughout China. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank you, Barnabas, for sharing with us your wisdom and key lessons that God has taught you as you've ministered alongside the Chinese House Church movement and Chinese church planners over these 20 plus years. I pray there was a lesson that you heard today from Barnabas that has spoken to you, encouraged you. You know, this was a God moment for you, a lesson that you can take with you today as you continue to travel through this life as a gospel-centered Christian, as you're part of Jesus's movement to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. Here's your action step of the day. Support a Chinese church planner for $50 per month. That's less than $2 a day. I know $50 per month isn't a huge amount of money to us, but it is in China. That $50, it will send a Chinese church planner into full-time gospel ministry. It meets their critical needs, and God will use that church planner to bring the gospel to hundreds, if not thousands of people in China who've yet to hear about Jesus. It's so simple. Go to 360serve.org, click on church planner, then click on China and give. We will mail to your home the profile of the Chinese church planner you'll be supporting so you can begin praying for this church planner in your new form partnership. And here's the extra 360 serve bonus. Barnabas's new book has just been released. It's 
has the title Leaving Nothing Left. If you support a Chinese church planner monthly, we will mail to your home a free copy of his book. It's our gift to you for supporting monthly a Chinese church planner. Thank you so much for being with us today. In the next episode, I'll be interviewing Barnabas about his new book. Why would Barnabas, after all these years, put into writing his life story and also tell publicly about the miraculous Chinese house church movement? You need to hear that backstory. It's an incredible story. Until then, may the Lord bless you.